Zombie. Yeah. Uh, but it was Oregon, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, just uh, to to mention this, um, I'm going to be up on another network and also in addition to my others, that being the Net News Network, netnewsnetwork.net. Um, they're going to be taking, for starters, archives of the program that I'm going to download there, just like I download to... Um, to iTunes and Stitcher and and uh, and all of those guys, and they may get a live stream. I'm hoping. I've, I've asked them to look into that, and they're talking to the tech people because my goal is to have the live stream on as many as I can. And there are some oh, that, great, yeah. yeah, I mean, just so, as a technical matter, there are some sites that that take the live stream, like Instagram and Telegram and um, and Odyssey. And but I don't know how to work them yet, and it's hard to reach these people. I'm also I also might go live on Gab because even though that's a paid one, but that's okay because that's a whole good audience for me. But you know sometimes technically they're not always that smooth, and I'm I'm pretty ham-handed when it comes to this sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, well, working on. Started his own uh, AI. What's situation. yeah? What is that about? Well, I mean, it, it's no secret that this AI has come out, uh, chat GPT and so on, and it's completely left-wing. Exactly, in I've fact, heard that. In fact, to be honest, you can go on there, and um, some of your artists probably has, and it's almost like a joke. It's almost like being a parody of being woke. It's just so extreme. You know, I've heard this. I've heard if you put in the name, uh, who is Donald J. Trump, you get nothing. And if you put in the name, who is Joe Biden? Great leader, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, innovative, brilliant. <laughs> well, as always, they, they, they go too far. Well, you know, you know. They, if I were on that side, what I would have done is, OK, fine. We lean left. I get it. Fine. But to beat you over the head in, as I say, almost a parody of what you would expect they're just exposing it and uh, alternative AI platforms have sprung up. Uh, I haven't tried GAMS yet, but I read the introduction to it. So, it, you know, as always, it, and, and of course the point that Andrew Torberg GAM makes is that if you let these platforms just be themselves, they inevitably look like they're right wing, right? Because so. you have to censor and force things into a left wing point of view. It, it, this has now been proven and will continue to be proven with these AI platforms. If you just use logic and right reason, you're going to get, by today's definition, a right wing point of view. Right, which used, used to be called used to be called normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the but yeah, I've noticed that I, they have a certain arrogance that goes with their belief, and the belief is somewhat well founded that they control the media, that they control the high ground of what we hear and what don't hear, what we believe yeah. and don't believe, because they control the conversation, and uh, yeah, because like YouTube, even though they are very censorious to people like me and to a lot of good solid mainstream conservative people like steve bannon for example right. 
they they get away with it because they control something like over 90% of the market. I mean, I think even more than that, and that people are not going to rumble as much as they should, mainly out of just habit. People, you know, you get used to doing a certain thing, and that's what you do, and you don't really go beyond it. It's, it's difficult. Well, how many people, to, to interrupt, how, how many people do that with all forms of left-wing media? You know, you go to see Lester Holt because 20 years ago, whoever the guy was on at that time, uh, what it all stems back from Walter Cronkite. Cronkite. And, and they were all left-wingers too, except... And, oh, God. and it's actually better now in that at least there's some alternative. I mean, look at look at Dan Rather, for God's sakes. I mean, he was fired for doing a lot less than they do now every day in terms yeah. of fabricating news and forging documents or whatever they need to do to push their story. Um, Wikipedia is another one that has gone completely left. Um, I used Wikipedia not so much for their commentary, but more for their, their notes and their links to things that I've written over the years. And I've written many books. I've, I've probably written over 20 books now, going back to 2010, 2008, when I started writing. And I used to really use Wikipedia, and they were quite good. And you could get interesting information. Now it's all, you know, it's all leftist or fluff. And it's very, it, it's almost like worthless now. I mean, you can still occasionally pick up a link here and there, but you know, this is, you know, they've gone completely left or completely woke as it were. And they have a pretty good monopoly also, just like, like YouTube on sort of the online encyclopedia. And so, so I think that that's why this, G, the, this new chat thing, they have the kind of arrogance that goes along with the belief that they control everything. And so they don't care. They don't think they're going to have to answer. And they look at something like Gab and they just think that's like a, a flea. You know, that's nothing. Well, wouldn't you think there would be some pride in doing things right occasionally? I mean, no, if you're of course gonna... not. I mean, it's all they use these vehicles as tools and as propaganda to promote their view of the world. They don't care if it's right. If they cared that it was right, they wouldn't be involved in this whole rotten enterprise. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they get away with this kind of stuff. It's like a dual, um, you know, kind of system of justice, which brings me to the subject of Pete Buttigieg oh. or Alfred E. Newman, as Trump calls him, which I think is hilarious. They do look an awful lot alike. And I mean, I, I love Mad Magazine. So, I mean, I really relate to that. But uh, he shows up 20 days late after they had this controlled burn that resulted in probably the worst environmental disaster the eastern seaboard of the United States has seen ever. And uh, where are the environmentalists? Where are the global warmists? Oh, that's, yeah, that's the old story. You know, but, but he then... he then, the EPA? Then well, that's right. Who, who has been... been always. Always. You know, they're controlling the, uh, the puddles in people's backyards. Yeah, yeah, Here's this massive release of dioxin into the Ohio River, and yeah. they don't say, a, you don't hear a peep out of them. Because, well, what it, what it proves is it's the old from red to green, right? Right. They don't care about the environment. They're using that as a hobby horse 
to get more government control. If they actually cared about the environment, and this is what is so funny to me, they don't even know how to fake caring for the environment. You'd think that they would send Michael Regan out there on, as a, on a show basis. Yes, we care. It's a, but it's obvious they don't. I know. Oh, sure. This, this is this is one of those teaching moments. I agree with you. I mean, we yeah, now yeah, see that they don't. It's very instructive. I mean, here you have this horrendous environmental disaster, and you know not, the administration is not doing a damn thing. I mean, this is ten times worse than Katrina, and in that case, Bush did try to help right. Louisiana, but he was he was thwarted by this left wing governor over there who wouldn't let FEMA even come in. In this case, you have two governors, DeWine and Shapiro, signing off on this burn that was almost like a, a mushroom cloud yeah. over, the, over that state. What a freaking disaster. And then they try to blame the local fire marshal or something. I mean, and, and yet no, they get I, away I, with I, it. I, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's so pathetic. And Pete Buttigieg finally shows up 20 days later. Early in the morning, I think he left, he was in and out, you know, like at seven o'clock in the morning before anybody had a chance to see him. And yeah. he gives this inane speech where he says, that's it's why fun. we have to tighten regulations. And and then he blows out of town and you have people and I'm seeing them on Twitter and, oh, he's such a great speaker and he's the future and this is what we need. Can you imagine if this had been under Trump and, and, and they ignored this thing and, and let this happen? Meanwhile, well, Trump... For, for a minute, okay? If Trump had put in a similar Nancy boy, mamby pamby yeah. guy, right? A, a, a political, a political hack. Yeah. Would the left wing media then say, "Who the hell is this guy? He got the job for checking off boxes." They might, okay. Mm -hmm. But it's. It's really pathetic. He would have been better off either not showing up or saying something other than it was Trump's fault. Yeah, I mean, he's like, it's Trump's fault because Trump did some regulatory changes, which had nothing to do with this. This right. happened, my understanding, and I don't have this confirmed, but it had to do with the engine. The main engineer was too busy texting on a... On a um, a gay dating site. He wasn't paying attention. And the thing was burning for about 10 minutes before somebody finally noticed it. Anyway. Well, then, I don't know if, <laughs> if that's true. What? But with respect to the Trump thing, this was a maintenance issue. Uh, and, you know, the comment is made that these trend derailments are far too frequent. Right. Which is another issue. But well, well, they weren't. They, by the way, they weren't. Uh, my understanding, again, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this, but they actually weren't observing regulations in that there were too many uh, cars on one train, yeah. which, yeah. which, you know, which is against regulation. So maybe, yeah. maybe the company's responsible for that. Who knows? Yeah, but it was a story that the company Norfolk Southern was spending. Too much time checking off the boxes right. with diversity. And well, that's great. Diversity environment. Well, they lost the environment one. Uh, 
So it's just another epic failure. And of course, the mockingbird media, to use your term, you know, not saying a word about any of the things we just mentioned. Maybe the they were, maybe the they company was trying to improve their ESG score, perhaps. Yes. Uh, and well, by the way, that's that's becoming that's becoming very very open and very pervasive now, especially since Larry Fink over at BlackRock has announced that his company is going to be ESG compliant, and that's the biggest hedge fund in the world. They're going to only invest in companies that score a certain level. I don't exactly know how that works. I want to get somebody on the show to talk about exactly what that means. Like, what are the environmental things they have to check off? It, it stands for environment, social justice, and governance. That should tell you everything you need to know. But everyone is doing this now. I know somebody, it's a personal anecdote in my own life, who is actually in a situation where she has to hire movers and she wants yeah. to make sure that she hires a woman or someone who's black or someone this because she runs a business and she wants to get ESG points. No other reason, but she won't hire a white guy because that's nothing. You don't get anything for that. Can you imagine how racist that is? I mean, this is like a re reenactment of the old British system where they would check you know, the degree in which somebody had black blood, you know, they, you know, they had, they, I don't think they did this in the American antebellum South, but apparently it was the system in place in the Caribbean and in some of the British colonies, yeah. you know, you'd have like a, a quadroon or a mulatto. South Africa had this, they had, you know, blacks, they had coloreds, they had Indian, and then they had white. And I think they might've had one, another category, and that each gradation of person based upon their ethnic background would have certain abilities and certain rights. And, and in other cases, they wouldn't. I mean, this is like India, you know, with castes. You know, they had the untouchables, right? You know, you, me, you know. Sorry, let me, let me ask you this. This all stems, as you know. Yeah. From the Civil Rights Act in 1964. Okay. All right. Now, do you think that this was all part of the plan, that by obsessing on these, these matters, you were going to create this stratification and all these plans to divide us more. Um, I know that that was said at the time, and also as part of the Civil Rights Act, what's not as well known is that Lyndon Johnson signed an executive order basically putting a quota, a racial quota system into all federal hiring. Yeah. And, and that's something that could be rescinded by any president. No president has since has had the courage to stand up and, and, and cancel that order, including Trump, because it's such a hot, you know, potato. But was that intended to divide us? I mean, maybe I'm naive here, but I tend to think that it actually was well-meaning at the time. You know, there were disparities, there was Jim Crow, there were legal, formal discrimination in the country at that time. And maybe they felt that this, this had to go on for a certain amount of time to sort of open the door. I think, for example, when Nixon brought in uh, affirmative action, he only meant that to be for federal employees. And it was only nothing more than running ads in newspapers that 
for minorities to try to encourage them to apply for jobs. There wasn't anything that brought in, eventually the left brought in like government structures like the EEOC to make this legal and to, you know, you cannot, you know, you, you'll get penalized if you don't have X, Y, and Z. So I think that that's how, you know, the left might have co-opted something that started out well-intended and even even if it even if they didn't, I think at some point it's no longer necessary. It can't be justified anymore. I well, mean, the, the reason I ask that is that um, this is sort of the same intellectual argument. How do you tell the football game is rigged? Did the guy really drop that pass on purpose or not? Mm-hmm. So here's the point: when affirmative action was being mentioned and considered. Right. Good old Hubert Horatio Humphrey stood up and he was one of the big uh, sponsors of the Civil Rights Act. Oh yeah, sure. Oh no, this is not what I had in mind. And the response in unison from all the Democrats was shut up old man, which made me think if you compare it to the other terrible law of Medicare, mm where people were saying at the time, no, this is going to lead to federal control of health care. Oh, you're crazy. You're conspiracy. Well, I'm getting conspiratorial enough at this point to wonder if some genius didn't think all this through. Well, I mean, we know that I know from having studied the way the communist movement worked, and uh, Whitaker Chambers' book *Witness* is a good good document on that one. Um, yeah, that that they were in the government even after Joe McCarthy was destroyed by them, yeah. and uh, you know they were operating at high levels. They had wormed their way into the institutions. Uh, certainly, they had co-opted some of the big money uh, foundations, which were financing these various programs and give it with grants. And uh, they had basically worked their way into not just the government, but the big corporations. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have this warped vision. And then, yeah, that was their agenda to divide the country and to uh, create, uh, you know, turn the United States into a province of the world. Well, if you start looking at some of these agencies, it's hard not to wonder if there was some grand design behind this. The classic, of course, which we've already attacked on this show, is the EPA. Right. All right. Certainly everybody is for motherhood, the flag, apple pie, and a clean environment. Right. So the first official act of the Environmental Protection Agency was to ban DDT in opposition to its own science advisory board. Right. So... Again, you wonder if somebody thought this is just another means to gain control. And indeed, it's pretty obvious with this East Palestine thing that they don't care. So, uh, you know, we can go off and analyze every agency, education, whatever. Were these people well-meaning or was there some horrible design from the outset, that this is just going to be another way to take control. Well, I, I think the latter is probably That's true. For you to write, and of course, the, no, the other, the exactly the other 
example that we could mention on that is how they handled COVID, right? Oh, God. Yes. Right, exactly. I mean, that, uh, there was no regard for human life. There was, it was all about suppressing freedom, locking people down, frightening people, scaring the hell out of everyone. I mean, right. I, I know people in my own little circle who are still afraid of COVID, and they're still wearing masks. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a, it was a very effective piece of brainwashing and propaganda. And it, it, it did nothing. I just had on an author of a book about Zev Zelenko, the doctor who basically came up with the idea, the simple idea of using hydroxychloroquine and, right. and zinc. And he was absolutely vilified for that. He passed away recently from unrelated things, had cancer. But, cancer yeah, but uh, you know, he pointed out that, that the whole thing could have been treated and he saved he was an active doctor with patients, hundreds of patients. He saved hundreds of people. He said on his watch. It was an incubating ground yeah. because it was a very close-knit Orthodox Jewish community. Right. And they were infecting each other. Uh, I mean, they, to the point, as I understand, they weren't even observing civil precautions. Like if there's an illness going around, you don't you know, get in everybody's face. Constantly. No, no, they, they can be a bit crazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. And and uh, he was able to save a lot of people. He was, but the but the war against him, the vilification, was just unprecedented. Well, the war it was because the only way you could get an emergency use authorization on the vaccine was if there were no therapy out there. Okay, so they had to, at all costs, suppress any therapy. And of course, the other problem with that was that remdesivir which was the official therapy from Fauci, not only didn't work, not only didn't kill people, but there are many stories of how this was forced on patients in the hospital against their specific orders. That's because right. the hospital got more money if they complied. No, so, I mean, it's, it's, look, I had Donald Jeffries on this program. He's written many books. His brother died in the hospital because he was forced to, uh, they put him on a ventilator. He just went in there for something unrelated and he was right. diagnosed with COVID, even though that's not why he was there. And uh, he had some other problems, but he is, he says that the hospital basically murdered his brother. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, uh... that's just, I mean, if, if that happened with him and he's very outspoken, who knows how many tens of thousands of people that are not outspoken that, that that happened to the, or maybe they don't even know what happened. Maybe the hospital well, isn't telling them the told truth. And and it gets to the point that I brought up last time. Why, why were the hospitals getting this money to report COVID? And who was giving them the money? Where did that come from? Is that taxpayer money? And who came up with that policy? Well, everything wrong in healthcare in the U.S., uh, you can just about bet your life on stems from Medicare. Um, and there was an incentive built in, uh, I think, as a reporting function. Mm -hmm. And the number varies. It depends on certain conditions. But if you kept track of this COVID case, I mean, there were, there were classic stupid things of it. There were murder-suicides that they got points for these people having COVID. <clears throat> well, somebody were, came in with a broken arm and they got points because they had they just because yeah. they tested positive 
had nothing to yeah. do with anything. Yeah, and um, it and and this is an, an, an argument that I get on various forums, and and people hate to hear this because, well, you know, as an old guy, you're getting all these Medicare benefits. Well, maybe that's true. First of all, you're paying for it. You them. pay for that all of your working life, your entire yeah. every last cent and of the, that money. That's not a hand. They they act like I had somebody say this to me about Social Security. Oh, you oh. you you know you 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 say you're against socialism. Well, what are you going to get your Social Security? First of all, Social Security is your money. You paid for that. Every paycheck, they take money out of your money pay to buy that basically what is a publicly run annuity, you know, or if you're self-employed, it comes out of your quarterly payments. That's not socialism. I mean, look, we can argue about whether or not that's a good system. And I would say it's not a good system. There are better ways to create an annuity without the government running it, ways that actually could leave someone with a nest egg and, and and their family. But that is the system. That's what we have. And you're paying for it. So it's not and the same thing is true with Medicare. It comes out of your pocket. It goes, it's called FICA, F-I-C-A. Yeah. I would tell somebody who gets a paycheck, look at your paycheck and look at FICA and look at how much money is coming out of your check to go to FICA. That's Medicare. You're entitled to it. And it's lousy. Well, I mean, the, the that's exactly right. And if it stopped there, it would be one thing. Right. It created all these agencies, all these sub bureaucracies, and then it it had far reaching tentacles into medicine that doesn't deal with old folks, because that became the pattern as to how everything else was run. Um, and it, you know, and then it, from that it spawned the, the whole private insurance thing, and healthcare went from. The health insurance went from catastrophic coverage to first dollar. So, uh, you know, but this this whole conversation is out of, was that the intention? And considering that there were many naysayers at the time in 1960, in early 1960s, I would have to assume that this was all part of it. Because yeah. it... I mean, look, some, some of the effects of it is that Medicare has resulted in things like the government, besides rationing Medicare, which is, again, your money, they encourage the reporting of COVID. They recover, it's, it's social policy. It's social engineering. And meanwhile, the government is ignoring a real health issue in Palestine, Ohio. They just ignore right. it. It's like it didn't happen. And by the way, Mike, what do you? Th- why is this happening around the world right now? Where you have food manufacturing plants blowing up, you've got you know all this weird stuff going on like that. Even in, even in, I think yesterday in New York State there was one in Brooklyn. Right. There was a fire at um, I don't know what they were manufacturing, but it was some food. Um, now you have Dole, which is America's largest food manufacturer suddenly uh, saying they're going to have to shut down portions. Yeah, their IT was completely shut off corporate-wide somehow. I mean, is this, you know, I'm going to put on the tin hat here for a second. Is this a conspiracy? (laughs) Well, what you have to look at is you have to use inductive reasoning. Yeah. Right? All right, and the first, you make the observation, all this crap is happening. 
Right. Now, to be fair, you have to pick a similar period of time in the past. Was it was all this crap happening then? You know, are there more of these incidents now? I kind of think there are. All right. Mm -hmm. But the trouble is, how are you going to prove that that wide receiver purposely dropped the ball or it was a legit drop? So it's impossible to prove. Yeah. And the thing is, the wide receiver himself may not be conscious of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, these are things it's like asking, how do you know that a tree fell in the forest? You know, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's there is no proof. There's evidence. I mean, that's the whole legal system. You cannot prove usually that something happened, but you'd gather evidence and you, you, you present a sufficient amount of evidence that one can only conclude that it happened. Right. Yeah, I mean, these are good questions to ask. I don't think they'll ever be answered. No. Uh, in a con contemporaneous manner. I mean, it's like but... you can't prove that there is a God, right? We don't. God doesn't come down on the TV screen and talk to us, <laughs> right? Unless you're crazy. Yeah, but, sure he did, but of course. Yeah. Because that's the paradox. But yet, there's evidence. We can look it's at. It's based on faith. It's based on. It's faith. based on faith, but there's also evidence. You can look at evidence. I mean, you can, oh, yeah. and and you can, can you can surmise based upon reason and based upon yeah. obvious evidence that we're surrounded with that there is something supernatural. There's something miraculous. Oh, that's the logic, and I wrote an article some months ago why the powers that be hate inductive reasoning so much. Right, I know because that. Yeah. You can draw big conclusions. Uh, they love deductive because it's very limited. Mm. Well, your fingerprints are on this gun. And so, well, great. I mean, that's a great conclusion, but it's limited to a very tiny case of Joe Blow committing this homicide. And God bless. It's good that you got that. But the point is, it's not a life-changing thing for the whole society. Right. They can so, isolate, like they can isolate that, um, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy. You know, they don't have to yeah. open the lens. And take a look at everything that happened around right, that. Right. So, if you now raise the point, isn't it a bit odd that all this stuff is happening with food? Yeah. And food plants. And I'm saying it is, and I've been around this stuff, and so have you. It's really hard to not be conspiratorial at this point. There's just too many things going wrong. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's random chance anymore. Uh, no. And I mean, I, you know, I the, 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 the things going wrong are aided and embedded by the corruption of those in charge. Uh, I may have raised this slide, don't know if I did last week. The Bureau of Obstetrics and Gynecology is essentially ignoring the huge increase in miscarriages, problems in pregnancy, which are obviously caused by the vaccine, because that's the only thing that changed. Women have been having babies for a long time. And it's being reported, as you said, by funeral homes. And But as long as they ignore it, they think they're going to fool us that it doesn't exist. Well, 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 first of all, I mean, this is obviously a, a very serious accusation because they're continuing to push the vaccine, knowing that it does. 
and knowing oh, yeah. that it's going to damage pregnant women. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Naomi Wolf talked about this on my program, and several programs were banned from YouTube, including Eric Metaxas, who interviewed her. And he's like a, a mainstream kind of a guy. I mean, Simon & Schuster, best-selling author. You know, he yeah. wrote a biography of Martin Luther. I mean, he's not some yeah. nut. I mean, and he was banned for just interviewing her. I mean, so, you know, obviously somebody out there does not want this to be known. And that is d despicable. I mean, that, that it, it, you know, makes you want to, it really makes me want to cry. I mean, to think about that, that these, uh, you know, these women are, are you know, going into, they're, they're not knowledgeable. You know, they, they believe in the government. They believe what they're told. And, and it's such a, a betrayal. But, you know, well, look, trouble, but then, of course, the other side of me, at what point does it become this uh, Darwinism situation almost? And, I mean, yeah, and, and it's more of a Malthusian situation. And you and I have talked about this. The, the desire to control the population of the world is not new. It's out in the open. The establishment has been talking about it since Malthus. Right. Um, you know, Darwin was very close to Malthus, and he based his theories on him. I think they were contemporaries. And that the idea was, uh, you know, the strong survive and the weak fall by the wayside. They decide who that is. And, I mean, I to me, I'm sorry, but that's, uh, you know, that that's a major uh, a piece of an agenda. I, I interviewed an author of a book that I, I want to see if I can, I can't remember the name of it. It was a long time ago. Uh, it was published by Regnery, where he goes into the history of the population control movement. And um, I remember at the time I had, I was co-hosting with Dr. Patrick O'Heffernan, who was on the left. Uh, do you remember that? Did you ever hear that show? Uh, a couple of them, yeah. Okay, well, he went absolutely berserk over this author to try to denounce him. And, you know, he would he would do this. He would find a footnote in his book that we had a wrong date on it. And he would, you know, I say, by the way, Patrick, did you read the book? No. You know, he just would, he was like totally out of his mind trying to destroy this author, which tells me that the, the left is totally in favor of this agenda because he was a classic footprint of the left. I mean, he would listen to left-wing talking points in the morning and then he'd come on with me in the afternoon and, and spout them. And the way I used to prepare for him was, I would listen to this left winger in the morning and I would, I knew what he was going to say. And he would almost repeat these things to the word, even the mannerisms yeah. were the yeah. same. I mean, they, they would, but the thing is they went berserk over this guy that how could he write this book? And he was talking about how international Planned Parenthood had forced, done forced sterilizations in, in several countries, including the Philippines yeah. and India and Peru. And that women did not know they'd been sterilized. They went in for some treatments and other horrendous things and how it was fi financed by the United States, USAID and, and International Planned Parenthood. And, uh, oh, my God, he was so angry. But it's quite obvious that this is an, a, a pretty open agenda. So why would we assume that they didn't take advantage of this with the vaccine? Well, I mean, the, the more they deny it, the, the truer it must be. And uh, but it was, and, and the reason I know this is right is that there were people, 
at the very beginning. There always are people, there's always naysayers at the very beginning. A very good friend of mine who's a doctor in LA, uh, Michael J. Goldberg, mm-hmm. when the vaccines first came out, he called me, he was driving, he freaked out. Can you believe this? They're recommending this for pregnant women. There's no testing. We never do stuff like that for pregnant women. That's the most protected class there is. Why are we doing this? They've gone nuts. And he was very, very upset. And this was at the beginning. And when the question was raised, well, you know, you look at Pfizer's data, and I'd show this to people, you look at their own data. We have no data on pregnant and lactating women. And the CDC said, well, you know, that's all right. That's okay. Because we say it's all right. And I just didn't know how to react. And I think but, it's now proven that it, it's created more miscarriages. I mean, you know, they like to talk about statistics and correlation coefficients. You can take a look at the correlation between miscarriages, be- you know, in a same period before the vaccine and during the vaccine. Right. right. And it's gone way up. And also, they're pushing it on children, including six-month-old babies. They want to know. I heard the uh, Borla from um, Pfizer say that they want to put that vaccine into the annual vaccination for children. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that it was um, Dr. Malone. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm mistaking the source. But he said that they're putting this this technology, the um the CRISPR and the mRNA in all vaccines now. You know, it's going to be uh, just, uh, it's everywhere. You can't get around it. It's Well, they, they were so enamored with this technology that never mind that it's been a catastrophe with the COVID vaccine that they don't even argue this point anymore. People are walking around with trillions of spike proteins with no end in sight when that's going to be gone. Well, it's okay. not really even a vaccine anyways. A vaccine is supposed to give you immunity from a disease. It's a... Uh, changed the definition of the word. Because yeah. what it is, is it's a, it's a mRNA therapy. That's what it is. An experimental... Well, it's a very poor therapy because uh, there's a study that came out on the 20th purporting to show that ivermectin doesn't do anything for COVID. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, what was interesting on that study was that some high percentage, I think 80% of the people on that study were vaccinated. And the study was comprised of people that had COVID, which they just sort of let go. Okay. <laughs> Here's 84% of the people on the study were vaccinated, but we need people with COVID. So forget that. Mm-hmm. But the reason I knew that the data was fudged is they were comparing ivermectin to some placebo. All right. The difference was so minimal that it made no sense. Okay. You know, if I give someone uh, a cherry flavored candy as a, or whatever. Right. This is going to cure cancer. And I have a big enough cohort, some of those people will spontaneously be better. So the point is, the numbers were so close, they were off by 
fractions of a percent that the, the numbers were obviously fudged. There's no question about it. Okay. They mixed people who were vaccinated, non-vaccinated. They weren't very anal about when they started the therapy on purpose. Mm -hmm. Because everybody knows when an antiviral, it does you no good if you if you start it after three days. Right. They have to do it immediately. Mm -hmm. Try to use Zovirix or any of these pretty good antivirals. The whole key is you got to start it right away. Well, that's how they fake the uh, that hydroxychloroquine article, which was in the Lancet. It, yeah. was, it turned out that they actually had to withdraw that. And yeah. it was completely phony. Yeah. Well, that so so and then if you read the conflicts of the uh, authors of this study, it was this this law, you know. So it, even now, they're trying to discredit it, and it must be because they're waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, is the Republican uh, Congress doing anything to investigate this? We all had hopes that they would, and I don't know. I haven't seen it. Well, you hear talk about it, but I mean, you know, it, it moves it moves slowly, but that I mean the. There might be some move in that direction. I mean, I don't trust McCarthy, but, but uh, I still would expect something to come out of it. Well, when has a congressional committee ever accomplished anything like that? I mean, you oh, can I, go back to these old mafia hearings. No, they, so I, I, no I disagree. They do accomplish. Uh, the the uh, Reese committee hearings exposed the, the, uh, the radicalness of foundations. The McClellan committee exposed the mafia, and and that led to. No, you know it did. I mean, well, it didn't cease to exist, but it did help when they started prosecution in Boston, and they did destroy the old mafia in Boston. Okay, well, but here's the difference. If if, if I can yeah. argue this point, not too many people are in favor of crime, right? Right. So they they were going after uh, an, an enemy that was. I mean, it was valid, but this was not exactly uh, some sort of unique, courageous thing. However, if you're now going after your own establishment, there's got to be such tentacles involved here that, I mean, I, I rest my case on the fact that a complete mountebank like Tony Fauci could have a governor career for as many years as he did. Well, How that, come they that, never investigated that guy? That's because he was a tool of the left, just like the Clintons. These people can always operate just one step ahead of the law. Yeah, all right. And they live, and this is why Hunter Biden isn't being investigated. Okay. These, this is why Buttigieg, I mean, can do, can do you know, be so incompetent and, not, and people are praising him because these people live in a separate world. They, they were, they're, special you know they make a deal i think with the devil but either way they make a deal right. where they can be not immune from any kind of questioning in exchange for their being of service to the, the left anyway let me give out the number we still have a little time here if anybody would like to call in i see we have a listener on um on twitter if you want to join us mungo you can do that just request it and I'll put you on 617-396-4958, 617-396-4958.
617-396-4958. We do take calls here. Also, Especially if you disagree. With oh, of position. course. You, if you disagree, you go first. That's and right. uh, you, you can also live chat at rubble.com slash Moskowitz. Um, you know, and I will read that over the air as long as it's not too profane. <laughs> <laughs> because we do have a radio station now. So yeah. there is some but FCC. Tell me this. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you have this investigation. Right. You get Albert Borla on the hot seat. You get Rochelle on the hot seat. Yes. All right. So what question are you going to ask her? Okay. Didn't you know that this was all crap? Oh, no. I... <laughs> so, so, so where is it going to go? Well, it has to be, be, it has to accompany a couple of people who are willing to have the courage, like Seymour Hirsch, to break with the Mockingbird media and do some real investigation. Like yeah, uh, like James O'Keefe, and look what's happening they, they to him. They shooting down balloons to get that out of the news. But the thing is, it it has made a difference. You know, now Russia, China, much of the world knows about it. Oh yeah, it's very difficult. You know, look at James O'Keefe. I mean, he's being moved out of Operation Project Veritas, his own organization, and he's done some incredible uh, right. undercover investigation. I mean, he's changed. He started by, he completely destroyed ACORN by, with that investigation that he did undercover. He personally was involved yeah. with it. And all the, they lost all of their government contracts, city, state, and federal, and they disappeared. Now they've come back under new forms, but it at least set them back. They were so powerful and so corrupt. I wrote a book about this. And, you know, so pervasive in this country. And so, yeah, I mean, that can help. That, I don't know if that led to congressional investigations, but it's it's just one more arm of our free system where where you can do this kind of work. And that's why the, the founding fathers put in the First Amendment. Not because so people can say F you, you know, it was, it was because, you know, they wanted to make sure that we as a sovereign citizens would have the ability to conduct these kinds of investigations without fear. And, All right, and so, now it, it, is Mayorkas going to be impeached? I hope so. I haven't seen anything that indicates it. Well, Michael's impeachment have been read. All right. Yeah. And he was grilled by a couple of representatives. All right. Yeah. But, you know, I'm too cynical. Maybe talk me off the ledge here. But I don't see anything happening unless there's a there's a mainstream public movement of people that rise up against the, the vaccines or whatever it happens to be, because Congress isn't going to do anything. I don't think the guy's mm. going to get impeached. No, probably not. I don't not. think Rochelle is going to. And let's talk about Rochelle for a minute. Sure. When the Cochrane study came out, looking at over 50, I think it was 70-something studies on masks proving that they don't do a damn thing, N95, whatever. CDC protocol still pervades every medical establishment in the U.S. You have to wear a mask. Why? Well, because CDC says so. Did she explain why? 
Shouldn't explain anything. I mean, I think they just said, well, that's what we do or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some yeah. bullcrap answer like that. Okay, so then, you know, when I asked my son who's a doctor, I said, I, how does a person like that get the job in the first place? Aren't they embarrassed? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I could, but I'm not going to tell you what I know about Rochelle Walensky. But, you know, she's, let's just say she's from my neck of the woods. And there, yeah. are some, there might be a few skeletons clanking around in the closet on that one. But let's leave it at that. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are. But, but the point is, she had this great resume. Right. Although she never really actually treated patients. No, another like a Fauci-like figure, yeah. along with her husband, so, who's also very well, let's just say, connected. <laughs> yeah. So, so the question becomes, who decided that healthcare in the United States should be run by people who've never actually seen patients? Where did that come from? Because they're tools of the same internationalist left that the Clintons are tools of. They're not there for healthcare. They're there to implement a policy. And I think the best articulation of that policy right now is Davos. And, uh, yeah. you know, this is the future. I mean, you listen to Klaus Schwab is pretty open about what they believe yeah. in. This is the going to be the world. You know, we're going to control everything in 10 years. We're going to eat bug sandwiches. And, you know, yeah. right? I mean... So, you know, I mean, he's pretty open about it. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's what this is about. It's nothing to do with healthcare. Well, Shell Walensky wouldn't, she probably fainted at the sight of blood. I mean, she's, you know, that's just, they're bureaucrats. She, she's a tool. Yes. Oh, big time. She knows she is. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a, they compromise in order to get benefits. Let's just put it that way. They all do. They were, I mean, it goes back to, in the in the old days, it was a black a situation of blackmail, and now it's that. But it's also just people like the Clintons who they've gotten away with everything short of, and maybe even including murder, frankly. Yeah. And uh, but they can do it because they're useful to this internationalist establishment. I mean, Clinton. Two people recently have shown up dead, right? You know about that. Oh yeah. Right. Well, there's some lists that are available. I mean, but but I'm talking about. Like within this last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's this guy in Arkansas, deemed to be a suicide, but he was found hanging from a tree with a gunshot wound to the chest, and there's no weapon around. Yeah. And now this guy in New York, this big you know hedge fund inventor, found dead in his home. I mean, he was well to do. I mean, very close to the Clintons. Now I'm not saying that they were connected to it, but there's so many of these sorts of patterns with them of people who just, uh, you know, they're silenced. No one's going to look into that. And if you look into it, you are called a kooky person. And, you know, if you look into John Podesta, forget it. <laughs> you can't even go there. Well, you know, the Vince Foster thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, people know, you know, some of the details on that. There was no blood found and so on. But what a lot of people don't know is that the person responsible for, for those the law enforcement in those parks started raising some questions immediately. Mm -hmm. And my source told me the next day he was transferred to Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, which is about as far away as you could be 
before Marcy Clark. Right. And um, again, at the time, people were raising questions, but they were silenced. So, including his own wife, who yeah. uh, you know, she well, changed. I mean, she completely changed her tune. I mean, she was like, he wasn't depressed at all. He was, he was looking forward to his sister was visiting. They were gonna have a big dinner with his nephews and. Come back to his office to get a takeout meal that he left on his desk. Right. I mean, short errand. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, a few days before this, he had told Clinton that he was resigning and that he was going to be meeting with the FBI. Now that's a fact. Look, Christopher Ruddy wrote an excellent book about this called The Murder of Vince Foster. Yeah and, yeah. and and by the way, Christopher Ruddy, who is the chairman and CEO of Newsmax, he changed his tune after a while on that one too. Oh, yeah. You know, he backed away from it. I don't know, you know, who it's just all very strange. <laughs> you know, people we don't know what's going on in, in these in these worlds because we're not privy to it. We can't know. Yeah. All we can do is know what we've, we we report what is known, and we can draw we can draw our conclusion using inductive reasoning, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's all you can do. That's I mean, all about the, all you uh, can do. I was going to mention this. Yeah. When you talked about uh, Crockett and Murrow, mm-hmm. uh, and saying that they were very left wing, which of course they were. Right. Uh, and I was told by a friend of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's deceased now, but this guy was a contemporary of Cronkite and Murrow. And he was at the same level active, and he was a hard left guy. All right. Mm -hmm. So I remember he ended up working in radio and so on. And you think they had lunch with him or something. He said, did you ever wonder why I didn't make it, referring to himself, and the guys that I was right with, Crackhead and Murrow, they, you know, climbed up to the heights. Sure. This was very simple. While the entire thing is left wing, they lied about how far left they were. Right. And so they could, to use an old expression, pass as white. Yes. So I mean, they put on a nice bow tie and they, it's like, yeah. it's like Alfred Kinsey, you know, Mr. Middle America. On the yeah. cover of Time magazine, uh, you know, when I wrote my book "Assassination in America," where I cover 32 cases of either assassinations or attempts at assassination or questionable deaths, the one that I left out that I should have done was Philip Graham, the husband of Catherine Graham, who was oh. right. I mean, he was blowing the whistle in the early 60s. He was the owner of the Washington Post. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of an insider, you know, kind of a, one of these guys. All of a sudden, he starts spilling the beans on stuff going on. And then he suddenly checked into an insane asylum where he dies under mysterious circumstances. I should have looked into that one. Maybe maybe somebody will. But, you know, when, when somebody runs afoul of this behemoth, then, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Anyway, Mike, what an unpleasant topic to end the show on. But what do you have coming up on your Substack? Anything good? Well, I, I wanted to follow up this uh, failed institutions, and maybe you can give me some points here mm-hmm. with where is the outrage? Yeah. You know how bad do things have to get before people that aren't you know lunatics like you and me start asking questions 
like the, the, the food stuff and all the crap that's happening because maybe people are whispering to each other, but there doesn't seem to be a big movement about this. Right. How bad does it have to get? Well, I mean, the, the question is, it's a broader question of why aren't people upset about a lot of things right now? Why yeah. is it everybody's so passive? Whatever happened to the moral power of religions? What about the Catholic Church? What about, you know, I mean, there are all these great institutions that used to step up and, 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 and you know, take clear and unequivocal stands on things. Well, they got co-opted. And again, I hate to say this. They were co-opted and the Catholic Church gets a lot of money from the government with regard to these charitable things that they do. Yeah, especially so, ca especially Catholic charities. We don't even know to yeah, go into that well, that's, one. Uh, that's, uh, they were completely taken over by the left, I think. Well, yeah, and they're working. Was, uh, and by the way, they're working in close partnership with some very left-wing Jewish charities too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's then, why I don't give any money to them. No, and they're they're the number one group in terms of helping people cross the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but so this is co-opting. Okay. Um, and of course, the the big push that Biden has done for uh, military abortions. Oh, lovely! And to, um, and to do abortions on military bases, right? Well, no. If 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 you're a, a service member uh, or a dependent of a service member, and you can't get an abortion in your own state, we will now pay for you to go wherever you have to go to get this done, and you get three week leave. Oh. And this is so the most pro-abortion president in history. Is supposedly Catholic. How oh, come he hasn't right. been excommunicated? Well, that's that's something you'll have to take up with this particular pope. We'll leave that one for yeah. we'll leave that one for yeah. next time. Michael D. Yeah. Shaw, thanks for joining me as always. Check out my books, Charles Moskowitz on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. They're all there. And uh, thanks for joining me, everyone. God bless all of you, and have a wonderful afternoon. See you next time. You bet. All right, Twitter, thanks for joining me. Mungo, thanks for joining me. I shall return Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check out the program on Rumble if you want to view the video. And also check out my books available at Amazon, Charles Moskowitz. Thanks, for everyone. God bless you all.